why did he look like the Undertaker from the minute he got to the tournament? <laughs> hey, man, like... No, he thinks he's this bad boy now, he looks which like a is mob boss. such a fucking joke. A mob boss in a shit B-minus movie. Hey, welcome to The Unrestricted. It's nice to be back, Richard and Bob. How are Hi. y'all doing, boys? I'm doing better this week. Yeah. I am I am not. I had a like a bunch of pain shots this morning. So, if I Shouldn't you be great? If I stumble over some things, just be ready for that. I was just getting on, on onto the elevator and a dude was getting off at the same time and he said, "Excuse me." And I said, "My pardon." <laughs> and then I got on the elevator and I'm like, he definitely thinks English is my third language. Or he what, did it, what did I just say? My pardon? Lawrence was just hired a, a, valet, a valet for special needs kids. I, I felt about that stupid. So if I bumble around today, just be ready for it. You know, we bumbled around last week. We actually cut a show. It was uh, a really good show. It we was, did a show. It was one of our best, I honestly, think, Richard. I, I thought it was. The creative juices were flowing. It was a great show. Yeah, but the recording guys decided to screw it all up. Bob, you were saying what happened to uh, our wonderful pod last week? Yeah, apparently the recording guys decided we didn't need to record it. So it was recorded and screwed up. We got hacked. So anyway, the whole daggum pod got infected or what did did we say? Hacked? I'm saying it's the terrorists. A deep state. (laughs) Anyway, it was that good. And, you know, look, we have a lot to get to. uh, The Masters, the NBA playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But... Just to like quickly bullet point the cool stuff that we did last week, it was the day after March Madness. UConn had just won in convincing fashion. They were, and nobody watched. They were awesome. Nobody watched. 12 million viewers for the men, 9 million viewers for the women's finals. That's amazing. And <laughs> look, the whole tournament on the men's side was super exciting. Um, I can say the same for the women. Just to bullet point this, we all kind of tuned in. For the first time in our lives, I was actually interested in women's college basketball. Were you interested in college bas- women's college basketball or the fe- the quote-unquote feud between Reese and Clark? No, it had nothing to do with that. It okay. was Clark being an exceptional player and having some Curry DNA. And also the women's game having people like Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese who, have, who do things on the basketball floor that lots of former basketball players like myself go, oh, wait a minute. Even on my best day, I couldn't do that. That's why I think the women's game has come, and and it's on the verge of arriving, if it hasn't already. Well, except for the fact that the top players in the WNBA make about two hundred and thirty grand a year, and Caitlin Clark is going to make seven hundred and forty grand over the next year in NIL. You mentioned that in last week's pod that got erased because it was raised. I raised the point that she is not allowed by WNBA rules to declare herself eligible for the draft. She still has one more year to fulfill in college before she can go into the draft. And then we said, well, it's actually not such a bad deal. No, throw me into the briar patch. Right. She's going to make a million in, in NIL and quarter of a million. If she was the number one overall draft pick, pretty easy decision to stay in school, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You were talking about the twit, the Cavender twins, the two hotties at university of Miami, right? Women's. Yeah. Right. So they could declare for the draft if they wanted to, but they're just going to flat out quit basketball because they're making more money through endorsements, through TikTok, through Instagram. Uh, they got 
really good NIL money prior to even going to Miami. Yeah. So they're they're millionaires. They what's, are. What, what's the other site that you thought they're going to be on? Um, I think it's a religious one. It is? Yeah. What is it called? <laughs> what? It's, it, I think they're Jehovah Witnesses. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to witness it. <laughs> <laughs> Jehovah can stay out the room while I witness it. <laughs> Look, it, it, the NIL has turned college athletics uh, upside down. It's been a huge sea shift. There's lots of it that's not to like. There are some parts of it that I think are really cool. And I mentioned this on the pod last week, so I'll say it again here, and I'm sorry for repeating myself, but there's a kid who played for Oral Roberts who's been one of the best point guards in the country for four years in a row named Max Asmus, who put himself into the draft NBA draft process last summer, went to the summer league, didn't perform great, so he came back to Oral Roberts. They did another great job at the tournament this year, making a nice little run, uh, and got up into by Duke, but that was a bad draw. And Asmus is declaring himself, basically, a college version of a free agent. And they're already saying that he's going to get between $1 and $2 million to play next year at a Blue Blood school. And they're all going to go after him because he is that good. And it's like, you know what? For a kid like Asmus, who is not good enough to go into the NBA, he would not get drafted if he came out this summer. He just wouldn't. He might make a summer league roster, but there's no guarantee he's going to get a deal. It's kind of cool that he can actually stick around and improve the quality of college basketball while improving his financial situation while improving himself. I, I, I think that that is a, a side note to all the chaos and the bullshit that comes along with the NIL stuff where, you know, several coaches, Shashevsky, Jim Bayheim, Jay Wright, they all said, no, this stuff is too much for me. This is not how I want to coach. I want out. We well, liked paying our players under the table. Yes. <laughs> Fair and square. With greasy $100 bills. Well, if we thought college basketball was greasy or college football was greasy before, wait till you see the new version of college coach that is basically an extension of the AAU world that starts taking over some of these programs. I mean, I think Penny Hardaway is a little bit like that, but it's only going to get worse than Penny Hardaway going forward. It's but just going to be guys who can pay the AAU circuit coaches enough money to get their guys to commit to going to their university for an NIL deal of, you know, six figures at least. They can say all they want about the coaches can't contact them, but you know damn well that they are. Same way that coaches used to not be able to pay players under the table, but you knew damn well they were. I mean, I was just listening to former head coach, not Buzz Williams. Anyway, one of the guys on ESPN, former head coach, and he was telling the story about going down to Louisiana to scout this kid. You heard this interview? Great interview. And he's like, I, I, I went, I was the assistant coach, I went to scout this kid, and I looked across, and there was this other head coach from a bigger university and another head coach from a bigger university, and uh, they came over to me and they said, what the hell are you doing here? You We're, can't afford this kid. You can't afford him. We're here. So he calls back to his head coach and he says, you know, this kid's the real deal. We totally want him. You know, what can we give him? And his head coach was like, well, tell me who else was watching him. And he told him, he said, forget it. Leave. Never mind. It was a complete waste of time. <laughs> yeah. We're never going to get him. Bigger so, purses. Yeah. It's, you know, that's just how it's going to work. But look, good for the women's game. I think we all watched every second of the WNBA draft. 
<laughs> so no, no yeah. I didn't either. I don't did know you, if I, I watched did, a second. I did tune in for like <laughs> one pick, and I got to tell you that the room that it's held in. Now, mind you, you've watched the NFL draft and the NBA draft, and they're in these gorgeous, you know, sprawling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the NBA is like in a theater that's like look, kind of looks like the majestic or something like that. It looks unbelievable. The WNBA one. It was a conference room at the freaking Grand Hyatt. Exactly. <laughs> As in exactly. our Grand Hyatt. <laughs> exactly. Like there weren't even tablecloths on the table. Like, that looks like a partition. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't even the full room. Yes. It, I saw. I watched that too. It was pretty unbelievable. God love it. Look, I, I didn't get to say this last week, so I'll say it this week. I actually think it's a great investment for a lot of people to be buying in to the WNBA. I saw Tom Brady bought a piece of the Las Vegas team, the Las Vegas Aces. And I actually think it's probably a great deal. You could probably get in for like, I don't know, whole franchise, 9 million bucks, probably. It'll be 100 million in 15 years. Count on it. Like the women's game is growing. And interest in women's sports is growing. I I think it's probably a pretty wise investment. So are you saying that you're going to buy the girls' San Antonio team? I'm not. I don't have that kind of that kind of cash, but you know, I did see this. Speaking of that kind of cash, and if I had it, I saw that Eddie Van Halen's you know iconic red, white, and black tape guitar yeah. is going up. For how much? Auction? Well, let me ask you how much. How much would you pay for it? Me, personally, well, yeah. If you had all the scratch, nothing. You wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't buy like it. Like as a memorabilia piece that doesn't interest you? Nah. Van, what? Eddie Van Halen's axe? Lo- I mean, love right, the band, next, love the music. Not but- you, Ben. <laughs> Bob. If, if I had the money and it was something I was interested in, somewhere between one and two. Yeah, two million is what they expected to go for. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I would have thought five times that, honestly. Well, didn't they just auction off the first pair of Jordans, I think? from Well, uh, it was a 98 pair of Jordans that he wore in the playoffs. And it was significantly more than uh, than Van Halen's guitar is going to go for. Yeah. Anyway, I'm like two million. That thing will be ten in twenty years. Anyway, that's just so me thinking. average value of a WNBA team about forty three million. Mm-hmm. Wow, good for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. So you could buy in for nine million. Oh yeah. And yeah, man, I'm telling you, those they're not making the their money up. on ticket sales. They are not. They are absolutely not. It's on advertising. Yep. No, and and the crazy thing is, why was the NBA initiated? In the first place, it was to fill empty arenas that weren't being used. Yeah, that's right. That the du- the that's why the WNBA was the w- created. Did I say NBA? Yeah, yeah. That's why the W mm. was created, was to fill the arenas while the men weren't playing. The men are about to play. Did you guys catch any of the King last night? LeBron James, damn near give a game away by himself? Well, he, Anthony oh. Davis made a, as what LeBron said in the post-game press conference, Brain fart. Yeah, major brain fart. He fouled Mike Connolly at the buzzer, shooting a three. Connolly steps to the line and makes all three, which is always an impressive feat with no time on the clock. But LeBron was off and on awful last night. He had five fourth-quarter turnovers. He was throwing up bricks, trying to play hero ball at the end of the fourth quarter. And I'm not here saying the king is dead. But I will say, if anybody thought that the Lakers really had a chance to come out of the West, you can kiss that goodbye. They could barely beat the T-Wolves last night without Rudy Gobert, without Jalen McDaniels. So, uh, no, no, they're not going anywhere. Uh, Now, they got lucky. 
they get Memphis coming up next, and Memphis doesn't have their ace big man, Steven Adams, for the rest of the playoffs. So they have a puncher's chance. But I think at the end of the day, Memphis is just going to run them out of the gym. Are you scared of anybody in the West? Yeah, man. I mean, there are really good, threatening teams. I mean, Phoenix tops that list. Right. Right. Just seeing how healthy the Slim Reaper is. They haven't lost with the Slim Reaper in in the the lineup. They have not lost. 11-0. They have not lost. Meanwhile, quick joke, Kyrie Irving, 5-11 as a participant with the Dallas Mavericks. How'd that work out? Not too hot. Not too great. And then they wind up tanking, and now they're getting investigated, and Kyrie Irving won't stick around. They'll have lost that asset. I don't know what's happened to Mark Cuban. I don't. Maybe he's lost his fucking marbles. He used to run that organization, I thought, as well as anybody in the league in the uh, late aughts and early uh, tens of, of this century, and it's gone out the window. I have no idea what they're doing up there. They have Luka Doncic, who's one of the five best players under 25 in the league, if not the best, and they're going to go around and fuck it up. I mean, how long until Luka Doncic says... They're not helping me around here. I want out. Well, I mean, the, the the internal sources are reporting that they are fearful that he's going to request their trade next year. And why wouldn't he? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Like, they have tried and they have failed at every opportunity to help him. The best help he ever had was Jalen Brunson. And they and got they rid got, of him. And they got cheap on his contract negotiations. And he's and crushing well, it in New York. Yes, he is. And he's about to crush it, by the way. In the first round of the playoffs, the Knicks and the Cavaliers play each other in the first round. That's going to be a good series. I happen to have watched, for whatever reason, three Knicks versus Cavs games this year, uh, mostly because I thought the Cavs were going to win all three, so I bet on them all three times. And they lost because Jalen Brunson, for whatever reason, goes into beast mode against that team. Beast mode. So if you're betting on the Cavaliers, who I really like, that's a very good team. But I don't think they can get past New York. Um I know I'm hopping back and forth from conferences, but you asked, who's the big threat in the West? Yeah, it's the Suns. Never discount the Warriors, yeah. who just got Gary Payton and, on, and Andrew Wiggins back. Like, they're two best defensive players, and their biggest problem this year has been that their defense just doesn't, doesn't show up. Doesn't show up. Yeah. And it especially doesn't show up on the road. They get the coolest series of any first-round series in the NBA first round, and that's against Sacramento, with Sacramento having the whole home court advantage. Sacramento averages 150 a game? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, this is a series that's going to be played above 135 points. I mean, I'd be shocked if there was a game where one team wasn't above 135. It's going to be an absolute blast to watch. And you get Sacramento it, it, traveling basically like, what, an hour yeah. to get to get to Golden State, and vice versa, obviously. And they're, you know, they're like the rich older brother, you know, <laughs> in so San Francisco. This is the first time that all four teams in California are in the playoffs. And the first time since like 1981 that no Texas teams are in the playoffs, which is crazy. That right? is crazy. Yeah. I mean, look, good for Sacramento getting here. I have a terrible feeling they're just going to get wasted by the defending champs. It seems like Golden State has been primed to just flick the switch. Yeah. And I think they're about to. Tread water. Sacramento's been a blast all year. I really enjoy that team. They play great basketball, and they just got a crappy matchup at the wrong time. How come no one's afraid of Denver? I've heard that from several pundits. Okay, so Denver can get there, but they, they're they thin, man. 
They just aren't very deep. You know, if Jamal Murray, their their point guard, who uh, was injured all of last season and then came back <clears throat> for this season, he hasn't quite looked himself. And if he was the Jamal Murray of the bubble year, where he was putting up 50 burgers in playoff games, I think everybody would feel a lot more confident in the Nuggets' chances. But, you know, I think people feel like if you can shut down Jokic with double teams and make everybody else beat you, that you have a really good chance. And Denver's defense, quite frankly, just isn't very good. So everybody feels like they have a a puncher's chance against them. Got it. Memphis, really good, missing their best big man, right? It's a pretty volatile Western conference, right? Yeah. Which is why I think some people think, oh, it could be the Lakers. I'm here to tell you, it ain't. I think they're just too strung out. Yeah, and I got to be honest, LeBron last night, he played pretty well for the better part of three quarters. He was good, but he played 30-odd minutes by the end of the third, and by the fourth quarter, he's kind of out of gas. Oh, he, yeah, he looked gassed. He was. He looked gassed on the court. He was, and yeah. dumb turnovers, terrible shots, hero moves with bricks <laughs> at the end. Um, it's just going to be too hard for a guy of that age to carry that much of a burden, and then the other guy that has to carry the burden is is Davis, and it's like, well— is Anthony Davis going to stay healthy? Because right. that's always the question, right? Like, he could roll an ankle tomorrow and just be done. And that's kind of how he rolls. What did Russ say with those Chinese? Yeah, he's got those. He's got those. No doubt about it. I saw in the new CBA. Did y'all see this? The new collective bargaining agreement for the NBA, which I'm glad it got done. Um, weed. Cool. For players. Yeah, they don't, they don't test them anymore. I think that's great. Your thoughts? Any yeah. problems with this? Not a problem. Don't care. I mean, I can't believe we didn't okay this a long time ago. Like in the 80s. Yeah, it would have helped a lot of guys. Oh, uh, there, there was that whole just say no thing. There was, but like, you know, the NBA had a cocaine problem right. in the late 70s, early 80s. Lynn Bias. It was, yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a pot problem. And the NBA had, you know, what they considered to be a big pot problem in the 90s with the jailblazers and everybody else. But, like, really, truly, what do you want these guys to do after, you know, a two-hour basketball game, an hour and a half warm-up before that, a shoot-around earlier in the day, a lift somewhere in that day, shoot-around, et cetera, et cetera, and then you want them to what after the game? Do a bunch of coke. Or? Smoke a little weed, play and, video games, and, play and go video to bed. Game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we'd all rather. And most of those guys would rather do that. So f- fuck sakes, let them. I, yeah. <laughs> I got no problem with it. No, no Goodness problem gracious. at all. No Should have let it go a long time ago. So I was surprised to see uh, Atlanta win. Yeah, that was a big one for them last night because Miami's dominated them. They were, they were like 11-2 and two in their last 13 meetings, uh, those two teams. Miami's not who Miami has been. That's no. the big thing I took away from that. And look, Atlanta's got a roster. We've been saying this all year long. Like, they're not good, but they've got the players to be good. Yeah, they and, really do. And that game wasn't close. No, it you wasn't. It, all, it wasn't close. Atlanta got them from the jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in the morning, they were saying Atlanta loses this game and they're going to they're gonna wipe the team out. I still think there's a pretty good chance they might, okay? Because, look— Atlanta could go any number of ways, and nothing would surprise me. I mean, if they went out and beat the Boston Celtics, 
yeah, that'd be a, a bit of a surprise, but it's possible. They have the guys to be able to do it. They can take him to seven. They also have the most underrated player in the NBA, and I know nobody listening actually cares about this opinion, but I think Clint Capella for like a decade is the most underrated player in the NBA. He goes out and gets 20-odd rebounds last night. He's in, He had four it, points, though. He had four points, but he doesn't give a shit. They're like, all I'm going to do is shore down the rim at both ends of the floor. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> You can't be mad at that. No, and he was in Houston with James Harden, and he made the James Harden, you know, pick and roll alley oop to to Capella down the. I mean, that was a big play for them. And then they lose Capella because basically they ran him off. James Harden did, and they didn't have it anymore, and that hurt. <laughs> uh, no, Atlanta. Atlanta could go anywhere. They could go absolutely anywhere. And if Trey Trey gets traded this off season, I won't be shocked. It's crazy. Yeah. It, uh, I know why the Spurs suck. They don't have any talent. Oh, good. You done figured it out. Yeah. We've been together doing this pod a year. You got it. Okay. No, but Houston is dripping with talent. They are. And we have the same record. Yeah. Yeah. But we have a great coach, and they do not. They rolled the ball out, and we ran sets. Even when you watched our worst performances, we're over there running sets, right? We're working on our defensive strategy and rotations. Houston didn't give a flying fuck. It was just like park ball. It was. And yeah, they have a lot more talent. They do. But if you insert Scoot Anderson or Victor Wembanyama into Houston or not, to not, San Antonio. Not Victor. Vic, Victor's coming to San Antonio. Victor's going to SA. Yeah. It's he's happening. Ours. He's ours, right? It's happening. I feel like it is too, man. I feel like it is it's, too. It's it's destiny, Tom. I I totally agree. He takes the mantle from Robinson, from Duncan, from Artis Gilmore. If you want to go back that far, great San Antonio bigs. Like he's the next one. It would only make sense under the tutelage of Tony Pakar and Greg Popovich, who, by the way, before his possible final game, decided not to talk about you know starting lineups and X's and O's. He decided to go gun control. Yep. Boy, howdy, if I hear one more person piss and moan, this includes my own dad, by the way, about Popovich or anybody else who carries a lot of weight because of their level of fame, having an opinion, man, you can fuck right off. Honestly, what, what, Popovich said it clearest enough a couple of years ago. I have a right to do this. You know why? Because I'm an American. That's why. Yeah. That's why. And by the way, it's not like you're listening to Peckerwood, Peckerwood uh, Brutus from outer from the Outer Banks here. Like, this why is are guy, you fucking with the Outer Banks? Well, I'm just saying it's a great place. Uh, they're, they're fine, <laughs> but I'm fine just saying people live there. I'm just saying I mean, shit on Oklahoma or something. Pop ain't podunk, okay? Right. Like he is a veteran. Yep. We should remember that. Air Force Academy grad. Yeah. Like he Russian literature major. His bona fides are like Yeah. Yeah. He's a smart cat. Yes. Now and, has and he lost his shit a little bit? What do you mean he's lost his shit? Like coaching or No, what? no, just um a little out of touch with society, perhaps. How so? He's on a war path. And I get it. And and he's Bro, we should be on a war path. He's earned the right to have opinions, but boy, he's on a war path. He should be on a war path. You know why? Because if, if Jeff Vexler or Richard Carnahan goes onto their 
small podcast and espouses, you know, and tries to put legislators up against the chopping block, that doesn't do anything. Okay. And if you're a guy who carries as much weight and gravitas as, as pop does, you ought to be doing something. Nobody else is holding legislators, legislators feats to the fire as well as he is. Okay. Steve Kerr. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple others, but I think it's imperative that somebody does it. Look, I, I'm not going to go gun control on today's show. I'm not, but as it pertains to Greg Popovich using his platform to talk about it, if that bothers you, get over it. You fucking snowflake, honestly. And, and to Popovich's credit, I think if, the consequence of him going this crazy on this stuff, according to the other side, is he loses a job. I think Popovich would go, if that's a sacrifice I got to make to carry that message forward, a message that I believe in, I'm okay with that. I think you're yeah. 100% right in the little bit that I know him, and he has said something very similar to that. Yeah, I mean, he's done everything he's wanted to do. He's made his money. Um, and he's coming back to coach. Don't get yourself fooled. He'll yeah, be back. he's going to come back. And I, I think... Best case scenario, he's back. Wimby yeah. is in. We set the foundation, and then he's off into the sunset. So the other day, I was watching the news, and all of these state legislators are, are walking through, and federal regis- legislators are walking through their their halls. And there's kids, there's collegiates, there's adults who are picketing, screaming at them to do something. Screaming at them. So... That doesn't get the job done. We've figured that out, right? That's just not enough. So if Pop thinks that he is helping by having a louder, more respected voice, I'm all for it. All for it. And like I said, if you don't like it, you're the snowflake. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, he can he can do whatever he wants. If the Spurs were the number one seat in the Western Conference, do you think he'd be doing the same thing. Well, that that interview would have been different, right? Right. Uh, it was game 82, and we're in full tank mode. We won 20. Whether we win or lose, I mean, do we really need to talk about, you know, what are your pregame defensive rotations going to be, you know, against the opposition's best player tonight? We didn't need that conversation. But if he were the number one seed, you know, hey, are you looking forward to the playoffs? Um who do you think you're going to match up with, et cetera, et cetera? I still think he would have gone gun control. Yeah. Like, so I think he gives a shit. And by yeah, the way, if he runs for office, I'll be thrilled, but I don't think he will. Yeah. No. Moving right along, how'd you enjoy your Masters? It was pretty good. I thought it was entertaining. I thought Sunday was a little bit of a drag, but that's because John Rom put on a show and Brooks Kepka couldn't play. More than 54 holes. Nope. That's, hey, there it is. You know what? There's a lot of talk about that, and I'm kidding, kind of not kidding. But, um, you know, I think uh, Paul McGinley uh, on on uh, the Golf Channel said it best. It's not that he ran out of gas at 54 holes because he's used to playing 54 holes. It's that he's not used to the huge pressure that is applied on the final day of competition. Really? He said that about Kepka? Yeah. Really? Kepka? Yeah. yeah. Who does... This is actually the first final round in a major where he hasn't done pretty well. Well, that's true. But it's. I'm just saying, since he went to live, his 
level of, um, we'll say, anxiety, adrenaline, etc., going into final rounds in the live tournament with all of 4,000 people in attendance on the entire golf course, it's just, it can't be the same. Okay, fine. Then, then explain Mickelson. That's where I just, but nobody's been able to explain Phil. Like, he hasn't played well in a year. He has one good score in six months. One good score. One good round. Okay? Not four rounds. Not three rounds. Sorry. Yeah. If Rom splashes a few balls, Mickelson wins that damn thing. No shit. That would have been insane. And I, I don't know. Look, Phil Phil every, is an indomitable well, prick. Everybody He's got it. dropped by all of his... All of his endorsements. Yeah. The, like the shit he's wearing is his own team <laughs> on the lift. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be like me and you playing and wearing um, Vexen the Bulldog gear. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and there'd be 300 people that knew what it was. Maybe. He may be a prick, and, and maybe that's true. But watching Phil Mickelson play great golf has been a great joy for 30 years. He is awesome to watch. He hit the fairway on 17. He was on the left-hand side. And I was looking at him, and I was like, you know what? I've seen Phil knock this thing stiff on 17 so many times. I can remember them in my head. It's like a dozen times. I'm like, he's going to knock this bone stiff to that impossible pin on the right center. And he knocks it to a dick length. Like, it's, it's just that's who he is. He's... Look, Phil is special, and he's fun to watch. Uh, you know, personal stuff aside, he is awesome to watch play golf. It was fun. It was fun to see him on the 18th green. Though, what was up with the sunglasses the whole damn day? Why did he look like the Undertaker from the minute he got to the tournament? <laughs> hey, man! Like, no, he thinks he's this bad boy now. He looks which like is a mob boss. Such a fucking joke. A mob boss in a shit B minus movie. Yeah, and with Ozempic face. He's the whitest dude in America, and he thinks he's hard dick. I know it's. Kind it's of like, weird. come on. It is kind of weird, isn't it? It is. It's you, a look. Like, I think a few years ago, um, who's the the Irish player and then sports guy, McCord, not McCord, but he's got his own show and he's funny as shit. Oh, the one from Dallas, uh, David Faraday. Faraday. Faraday's got his show. It's a good show, irreverent. I actually saw him at the, uh, at the Tobin. Yeah. Do like a comedy show. It was pretty good. But he interviews... Uh, Phil, and this is before Liv and, and all the shit that's gone down. And Phil comes out and he's wearing like this block, this black bomber jacket <laughs> and, and like like a, a mock roll turtleneck. And he's it, in Wild Hog. Like he thought, <laughs> yes, it reminded me of an accountant that tells his wife he's retiring at 58. Goes and buys a brand new Harley and yeah. comes home in assless chaps. And he's like, I've always been this guy. You just didn't know. Watch me. I party. We're going to Sturgis. And everybody's like, shut the fuck up. God, it's fun to watch him play when he gets when he gets hot, though. Just his flops. I mean, I mean, those hands. I, I would have putted all of, all of them from where he was. Chipping it in the air a hundred feet. Talking about hands, did you watch the swing analysis for uh, the, the the high amateur Bennett for Sam Bennett? Yeah. No, I, I guess I didn't see. That. That's another great story. Yeah. yeah, he has a weird swing, but the story in him. I watched. I watched the story on him. The story's awesome. The story is awesome. Oh, did you not cry? 
No, it was. I absolutely cried the first time I saw it on Golf Channel. And yeah, if you're ranking the stories from the Masters, that's up there. I mean, John Rahm won, but like, I don't know if he's the top story. No, he's not at all. It's 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 only. I think it's Phil finishing second. And Sam Bennett, like, making a damn run at the thing. And Brooksy not closing. And Brooksy not, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, that's the other one. Yeah. And, yeah, and as to the stories, the ROM story is only a story because it occurs on the anniversary of Seve and some of those tie-ins. That was like manufactured story. That's he's how a, I felt okay. about he's, it. Okay. He's a great player. Yeah, we all knew he was going to win. He's been a great, a great player. We all knew he was going to do this eventually. But is it is it like, yeah, this is really compelling? No. He's steady Eddie. He's fucking, he's a great player. He is, but nobody really loves him. Like, he's not, but, I don't know but anybody by the same token, big ROM I don't, it, Phil is. Phil is, yeah. Well, because he's his a brother coached him. Right. He, and he's in Arizona. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, he is. Well, Rom had all the fans. They were all the ABK kids, the anyone but Kepka. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. there, there was a lot of crowd I, reaction. I was one of those. Yeah. You were an AB, ABK Anybody kid? but Brooks. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, as to other stories, the guy who finished ninth shot a 67 on the final day. See, he's Tagala. Yeah, he was awesome. And he looked great doing it. He just looked so happy. He's a cool dude. Yeah, so respectful of the moment. Everybody loves that kid. He was on the show, right? He was on, yep, he was on the show. And by the way, Indian fella. Yeah, uh, from California. Yeah. Um, Did you see his chip in on 16? Shot of the tournament? Uh, Do you remember when Tiger holed out? Yeah, it was the same. uh, 04. I forget what year that was. I think it was 04. when you know from long of 16 yeah. and the, the Nike commercial with the pop Tagala made the exact same chip in and it falls in right at the end it was beautiful yeah it was beautiful and like his reaction was you know it was everything it was god bless that was awesome i just made the exact shot tiger woods made in his way to winning against chris demarco i think it was like how it, that was his reaction right Bob? yeah that was it was like it he was, knew the history of the shot. And then was it the next hole where he put it into the stand so bad the announcers were like, I don't think I've ever seen a ball go there before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's on the come up. No, I thought it was a cool Masters. You know, have have there been cooler? Yeah, sure. I mean, we had Tiger win just a few years ago in 2019, uh, you know, after major <laughs> surgeries, right? But, like, it was cool. And, yeah, I guess John Rom, you know, stamps it in concrete that, yeah, I'm one of the best in the world and I'm going to be here for a while. And look, there's not going to be another tiger that, 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 that moves the needle the way we all do the way, the way he did for all of us. But if there's some sort of a conglomeration or, or a head to head competition, like a, uh, a magic versus bird, if we can get a magic versus bird out of Rom versus what Scheffler. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Rom versus any of. But you've got two guys that that are both pretty good guys. You've got to have a bad guy, and Phil trying to pretend like he's the bad guy That doesn't cut it. It's stupid. But we don't want Pat Patrick Reed to get in there. He's who actually played pretty well. That's the other story that maybe the live we guys lost played over. That might be the nine of story. nine of the eleven there made the cut. That's pretty good. And then three of the top five. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's actually way better than we thought. It was a lot Absolutely. better than we thought. But, but then again, our prognostication skills, not all that good. Why? Thankfully, that recording is somewhere not good. Who did you pick last week when our recording got messed not, up? Not Rom. Who'd you have? Uh, a guy who 
didn't make the cut. Who? McElroy. Ah, who'd you have? I had Shifty. I had John Rom. It's fucking loud. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. But but talking about other stories, you talk about Tiger and moving. That was a sad story to see how he was moving. He looked the worst I have seen since the accident. So I was at the Masters this time last year, and, and I mentioned I followed him around for as long as I could, which wound up to be about 15 holes during two days. And Not um, quite to the stalker level? No, it was, and, and it, there was a rain thing. Anyway, watching him drag that leg around is truly sad. It, it, he's struggling. That course is so hard to walk. And look, him making the cut is a huge deal. Yeah. And I was with somebody the other day that said, you know, but I'm sick of this bullshit where Tiger like plays and then pulls out. Man, shut the fuck up with that. And let me tell you why. Some Tiger is better than no Tiger at all. Absolutely. It's a story just to get an interview with him. Yeah. To and- to see how awkward he's going to act, to see if he's less awkward, <laughs> yeah. wondering why the fuck hasn't he shaved his head yet? Right, that's a good question. Horrible. And, you should ask that in the interview. interview yeah, and, and and as to why he pulled out, I I would yell at those people and go, <laughs> "Sorry, I'm just looking at Richard. <laughs> I look like Tiger right now." How come you you pot calling the kettle? Wait, it takes one to know, man. Yeah, I guess so. Anyone who has an issue with Tiger retiring and withdrawing go walk augusta it's in hard. that weather yeah. in that weather on a beautiful day that is a <laughs> tough course to walk very good point point. and one of the previous masters where he pulled out his playing partner actually they had interviewed him he said he pulled out because one of his pins broke the skin one of Ugh. his yeah one of his screws <laughs> was coming out yeah so you know, all all credit to Tiger. Tiger, you do Tiger, and we love to see you. Man. I want Tiger playing forever, and I don't care how many rounds he plays. It, the effort, the and he still pulls off some magistry occasionally that is, you know, still pretty vintage. And talking about magistry, Fred Couples at sixty three makes the cut and actually plays pretty darn good. Fred's a stud. Some guys are just always going to go to Augusta and perform well. Fred Couples has been that guy for 20 years. Like long after he was really relevant on the PGA Tour, you could count on Couples doing something Being at the Masters. T- yeah. Right? And I think Phil is that next guy. Like, oh, really? You don't think Phil's going to make the cut at the Masters at 67 years old? Watch. He's okay. going to do it just to piss us off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you win one of the majors you've got a lifetime exemption for that tournament, correct? No, just Augusta has that rule. Not If you win the U.S. Open, you don't automatically get to play U.S. Opens for the rest of your life. You have to qualify. Yeah. Okay, what about the PGA? Same. But the, uh, uh, the Open? No, you don't get lifetime passes you, in anything but yeah. the Masters. Uh, I guess and, I'd just be a Masters player. And, <laughs> well, and, and here's the other thing, too. Remember... The, the majors are the only way live golfers can get world golf ranking points to qualify for those tournaments. And depending on where you did, if you led around, there were there were world golf ranking points available. So if you talk about Mickelson, you talk about Kepka, you talk about Reed, there was good points available for these guys because they ain't winning them anywhere else. And they, and they got them. And they got them, which means they're more likely to get into the rest of them and maybe even World Golf Championship events. And here's where it gets really screwy, 
especially for a guy like Kepka who finished where he did, he's earning Ryder Cup points. There's a world in which he does well, like he did at the Masters, and then the U.S. Open, and the PGA, and maybe the Open Championship as well, and he earns himself enough Ryder Cup points to automatically qualify. But then it goes down to the coaches, right? No. Automatically Automatic. qualify. The top, top eight. Ten. Top eight or top ten? I, I, it switched a few years ago. It used to be eight, maybe now it's ten, and then there's four captain's picks. No, it's it's eight and four captain's picks. Anyway, regardless, there are automatic qualifiers. And there is a world in which Brooks Kepka could just light it up at four majors this year and wind up on a Ryder Cup team. That would be great. It would be interesting. Top six automatic, six named. Six automatic, That's six changed. Named. Okay, yeah. They've messed around with it. So does lately. the PGA govern the Ryder Cup? Uh, yes. So they're going to fight like hell to make sure that they're not on the team. PGA of America. Oh, you, why you got to ask me the hard questions? Because these get tough. Because you get good answers. Yeah, but I don't have the right one here. Bob's got it. It's not USGA. I, I honestly don't know. We'll let Bob look it up. PGA, PGA of America. There we go. Which is not the PGA Tour, but... No. PGA of America. It's like... You know, brother, sister, husband, wife in Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. Awkwardly too close. Um, <laughs> Family trees look like a branch. Yeah. One branch. Uh, anything else for us, boys? What do we got coming up? Uh, Are you going to lock we... in to the NBA playoffs? I don't know. I think some series. Yeah. That's I'm not going to watch it all. I promise you, though, the Lakers are feeling like they have a chance against Memphis. I don't think they do. Do you think Kyrie goes to L.A. next year? It's a hard question. To play with LeBron. It's a hard question. Um, I think it would be hard for the Lakers to make that work under the cap. Money-wise? Under the cap, yeah. Because you would be needing Kyrie to take a massive pay cut. And he's not into that. He didn't strike me as that dude. He's going to be looking, in my opinion, Kyrie, one year $50 million, Two years, ninety million. That's what he's going to look, look you know, for, and somebody's going to be dumb enough to give it to him. Talking about if I had enough money, I would pay Kyrie to go to yeshiva, to, to yeshiva for a year, okay, and pay him that kind of money. <laughs> Don't play basketball; just go to Israel for a while. <laughs> Get cultured, learn yeah. a few things, uh, gentlemen. I enjoyed it. It's nice to be back in the saddle. Good stuff. Did I stumble over my words? Were my pain medicines too obvious? No, I think you're all right. No, you were good. Uh, As normal. All right. Well, if you didn't like the gun control stuff, blame it on my painkillers. <laughs> no, Just no, kidding. I meant um, every fucking word of it. I, I, yeah, no. Yeah. We're, we'll talk gun control more a little bit. Because as, as one, of our, one of our hosts said earlier this morning, we'll have another mass shooting next week. Yeah, there's going to be another opportunity, sadly. And, well, we have baseball. Anyone watch any baseball? Tampa's eleven and zero. I know, I know, I know. But the but the games the games are good. I know it's gotten and the, and they're really they're snappy and they're much much faster. And they're serving beer into the eighth inning now because the games are so much faster. And I have been able to watch some at bats from some of the better West Coast players like Mike Trout with my son before he falls asleep. This is a big deal. It's a big deal. It's, it's a, a big, big deal. deal. Orioles have a winning record. They've got a great celebration. 
do they? Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're really paying attention to baseball. Where did this come from? Last time the Orioles had a winning record, Reagan was president? That Maybe. can't be right. I think that it was when can't be right. Cal Ripken and, and Brady Anderson was yeah. all juiced up. Yeah, when Brady Anderson hit 40 home runs. Yeah. yeah. And then next year he weighed 170 again yes. and hit two. Seriously, with the Orioles being that bad that long? Oh, they're, they're horrible. Their they're, celebration, they're their celebration is legit. So guy gets on base and then he goes over and he does the sprinkler. No. And the guys in the dugout spit water out. No, that's boop, boop, boop. It's fucking money. That's awesome. It's a great celebration. Okay. I'll, I'm going to eat crow. They had a winning season last year in <laughs> And no one knew. <laughs> no one knew Reagan no was one president knew. last year. My God, going down the rest of this road. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. We'll see you next week. Please like and subscribe on The Unrestricted. How y'all feel out there? Do you feel good? I said, do you feel good? Come on. The groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. I said, the groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move. Uh-huh. It feel good, don't it? It feel good. Uh-huh. It feel good because you know it's good. Hey. So, speaking of that, so... I think it was right after neck surgery, and I was all doped up, and I was laid, you know, laid out for several days after the surgery. And I, for some reason, looked up. Um, uh, do they make blowjob machines? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh yeah, apparently there's lots of them. So then I go to like a list of like the top ten blowjob machines that are out there, and I'm clicking on each one, and they all do weird, weird things. <laughs> frankly. Not, they don't do you, necessarily resemble. Do you hook it up like to your water line? I, you know, I didn't see one of those, but I guess there's a spot for you in that space. <laughs> <laughs> but I go to one and I like, click on it for the description, and it takes me to fucking Amazon. Uh-huh. Well, guess who I share a fucking Amazon Prime account? Oh, with? Jesus Christmas! My your, wife, your entire family. Yes. Just, well, yeah. Luckily, my wife's the only one that can read. But yeah. So she was like, hey, hey, sport, what you searching for? (laughs) Uh, You know, Home Depot got some fertilizer, (laughs) um, ordered some coffee, that coffee we like, we buy in bulk, and a dick gobbler. What is this? (laughs) You chose the one that you can audibly control? It's like, no, I did not. I was researching that one. (laughs) For the show. Yeah. I was researching that one. That just digs you in deeper. It did. It did. It was, yeah, still embarrassed. All right.